Let's go. Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Welcome back to the Fit Fizz podcast, my friend. I'm Kelly Wilson, owner of FitFizzStudio.com, and I am a certified trainer, nutrition coach, behavior change specialist, autoimmune disease fighter, and I've worked in the health and fitness industry for over 20 years. I'm here to help you ditch the gimmicks, find strength through your struggles, to give you knowledge for making the smartest decisions for your own health, and to remind you to celebrate victory all along the way. The information shared is for educational and informational purposes only. None of the content should be interpreted interpreted as an intent to diagnose, treat, cure, heal, or prescribe. And now that that's out of the way, let's get on with the show because I have a ton of information for you today. So today I want to make sure you're informed about something called sleep hygiene. I did a little poll on Facebook and Twitter and found out between the two that roughly 70% of the people who answered had never heard of sleep hygiene, which is good. And I asked because I don't want to bore you with things that you already know, which is another reason why I encourage all feedback if you're a loyal listener of the show. But I'm pumped to give you an overview today of sleep hygiene, and we can go deeper on certain parts of it another time. I think sleep hygiene is becoming more of a mainstream term, and I think that's great. As science advances, we're all becoming smarter about our health in general, I hope, and we're realizing that more tech and more gadgets aren't always better, and we're also learning that simplifying parts of life can help to reduce stress in our often chaotic lives, and that includes being smarter about sleep. It's pretty rare that you would ever hear somebody complain about getting too much sleep, right? Um, it simply is just not not typical. Most people struggle to get enough, whether it's due to work demands, family obligations, or if you struggle with maybe being able to sleep for various reasons. Maybe you have a job where you work second or third shift. That can also be very challenging to get adequate sleep because the rest of the world simply doesn't operate that way. Um, Not only that, but the sun and our circadian clocks and our individual chronotypes don't operate that way either. And not to worry if you're not sure what circadian clocks or chronotypes are, I'm going to explain that. But sleep hygiene, in short, is doing things to optimize your sleep so that whether you're getting enough of it or not, you're taking steps to improve the quality of the sleep that you do get. If you think about basic body hygiene, it's, it can mean several things, right? So things like showering and washing our hair and brushing our teeth. And there are infinite things you can do depending on how much time and effort you want to invest. Well, sleep hygiene works the same way. There are things you can do to make sure you're getting the best sleep you possibly can. And in turn, that will help you to feel more rested and more energized and more alert during your waking hours. So if you suffer from insomnia or if you're a light sleeper and never quite feel rested, there is really a lot you can do from a sleep hygiene standpoint that can greatly increase your chances of sleeping during the night or sleeping more soundly. So let's talk a bit about the importance of sleep before we get into the things that make up good sleep hygiene. 
I feel that far too many people don't take sleep seriously enough or don't prioritize it enough. Personally, I would love to see a world where people care enough about their friends that they insist that their friends have had adequate sleep before suggesting that they attend social events. If you really think about it, it's kind of selfish as a friend to ask a sleep-deprived friend to go to a birthday party or a concert or a dinner or a cookout. To me, that's just an, an easy baseline minimum of what caring friends should do, plain and simple. I didn't think about it this way until I fully realized the importance of sleep and how it's really, sleep is a pivotal point for whether we stay healthy or not. So I mentioned circadian clocks, or you might th- might have heard the term circadian rhythms. And what that is, is simply what our bodies intrinsically know about the time of day. Before there was electricity, people went to bed soon after the sun set, and they got up with the sun. Even though that slightly changes at different times of the year, they didn't fight it, and they listened to their bodies. And now that we use electricity and the constant rush of the world waits for no one, um, the needs of our circadian clocks haven't changed, but society mistakenly mistakenly tells us that that's not important. But plain and simple, there are biological and physiological reasons why humans operate best and tend to stay much healthier if they respect the importance of sleep when it's dark outside. So whether you like to stay up late or not, humans are just built that way. There is somewhat of an exception, though. Remember I mentioned the word chronotype? Well, this is a fun topic that deserves its own episode, but basically chronotypes, there are four of them. Chronotypes are whether you're more of a morning person or a night person or neither or somewhere in between. And of course, there are some people who need more sleep than others, which is undeniable. And again, it's important to respect the needs of your individual body. Not everybody needs eight hours of sleep, but some people don't give it enough priority, as I said before. And sleep deprivation is one of the primary tactics that some governments use to torture prisoners, as an example. So if you're doing this to yourself, it really is like a form of torture. If you're doing it on purpose, um, please ask yourself why. (laughs) The whole like, the whole I'll sleep when I'm dead mindset is not something to be proud of. Um, it really shows a lack of understanding, in my opinion. When, so when we sleep, our bodies go through a pretty important cleansing process. There's a bodily system at work called the glymphatic system. Now, this is not the lymphatic system, but the glymphatic system. And this is like a waste removal within the central nervous system. This is why sleep hygiene is a very fitting term. If you're not getting adequate sleep, your body can't take the trash out. And if the trash builds up, health issues can snowball. The glymphatic system doesn't really operate while you're awake. When it is at work, it removes things like neurotoxic waste products, beta amyloids, lipids, amino acids, and other cellular waste types of products. And besides this waste elimination, it also facilitates the distribution of several compounds in the brain that are important for proper brain function. So when you don't get enough sleep and you feel groggy or slow, that's because your brain 
and the glymphatic system essentially have built up waste. And you can think of that kind of like figuratively, of course, kind of like carrying around a garbage bag full of cellular waste that day. And this is why it's important to be nice to your body and prioritize sleep so that you're not forced to carry around that waste that's waiting to breed more toxicity in the body. Because once you have a backup of those toxins, it will eventually lead to hormonal disruption and or autoimmune conditions. Now, if you have trouble falling asleep, that's almost without question a hormonal issue. As I said before, one of my big missions is to open your eyes to see how many things are hormonal issues and how you should embrace that because hormonal issues can be fixed and oftentimes without a doctor. And if if you're can't sleep at night because of stress or racing thoughts or you feel like you just can't find a comfortable position, that's hormonal and it's not random and it's not something that you should just ignore. So even if you don't have trouble falling asleep, you can use sleep hygiene to improve the quality of the sleep that you do get and possibly operate on less sleep than you previously could. So let's get into the steps of good sleep hygiene. Number one, not eating right before bed. Now, before anyone jumps to conclusions, I am not talking about the nonsense that you often hear that might sound like, oh, don't eat carbs after 7 p.m. or don't eat after 6 p.m. No, those silly things are just, they're often rules that are based in nonsense and usually coming from people who don't know what they're talking about. So I'm not talking about that. But I have learned something new in the past couple of years that is based in science. And this is my first step to tell you about sleep hygiene. And this especially applies if you're already lacking adequate sleep. Now, I want you to try to eat at least two to three hours before bed because, now this is important, when you eat right before you go to bed, your body is hard at work for several hours digesting food as you sleep. When your body has to focus heavily on digestion, those first few hours of sleep, guess what's not happening? The glymphatic system reducing your cellular waste is not happening because it can't keep up because it's already too busy digesting your food. Therefore, your body doesn't have enough time to do the neurocellular waste cleanup while you sleep. So you wake up feeling less rested than if you'd eaten a few hours before sleeping. So the opposite is also true. And again, this is especially if you're struggling to find enough hours to sleep, you can improve the sleep that you do get by eating a few hours before bed and not immediately before. So so that you can feel like you got more sleep by allowing the glymphatic system to run its course and do that cleansing process throughout the night. And this is something that was so hard for me, but now that I've managed to adjust my life enough to make this happen, it is surprising how true this is. So you might be surprised if you how much more rested you feel if you try it. And Another step in good sleep hygiene is it's important to have a sleep ritual. Yes, even adults should have a sleep ritual before bed to start sending signals to your body that it's going to be time to sleep soon. This becomes more and more important if you struggle with falling asleep or waking up during the night. 
Sleep rituals can be reading, turning off the lights, using a salt lamp or sources of light that have a more pink or orange tone to them. And I know it can be really hard. I'm still working on this myself, but getting away from screens two to three hours before bed is also beneficial. We have computers and phones and TVs, and they all emit blue light and EMFs, which cause our bodies to have a more waking response. Um, A good thing is that most smartphones now have a feature where you can dim the light at a certain time of day, and you'll see the tone on the screen turn to a more orange cast. I highly suggest using that feature on your phone for your eye health, if nothing else, but this is also a part of sleep hygiene. Ideally, you'll want your screen to dim when the sun goes down, so that will change throughout the year. And there are also free apps you can add to your computer to have the same effect. One that I use is called Flux, and it was free. And too much blue light exposure before bed can disrupt your natural melatonin production. There are also special blue light suppressing glasses that you can get, and you can wear those in the evenings to help your body to be more prepared to sleep. So another thing you can do for your sleep hygiene is sleeping in complete darkness. This is probably the easiest and most important. If you're sleeping in a room with any kinds of lights, it will probably give you health issues over a number of years. It creeps in really slowly. The body isn't able to properly lower cortisol or produce melatonin when there is light in the room when you're trying to sleep. Light is a huge factor in sleep hygiene. I've never really had trouble sleeping at night and I used to sleep with the TV on all the time. I used to think that, oh, I slept fine. It's not a problem. But I was so wrong. I would really give my 30 to, five, 30 to 35 year old self a huge lecture for doing that if I could. And it's important for me to emphasize that just because you think you sleep fine, that you don't need to think about sleep hygiene or blocking out sources of light when you sleep. You definitely do. And we all need to realize the importance of this. There are lots of things contributing to lack of darkness when you sleep. If it's natural light shining through a window from daylight or the moon, or if you happen to have street lights letting light in through your window, the step you can take for better sleep hygiene so that your glymphatic system takes out the trash is to get light blocking curtains. They're easy to find in all kinds of styles and they don't have to be expensive. Now let's talk about light sources in your bedroom. So you might have a clock, a TV, or a little green light from your cell phone charger or anything else that's plugged in. Part of sleep hygiene is removing any or all or as many of those little lights as possible. If you simply can't bear to remove certain things that have a little light like that, then what you can do is cover the light with some black electric tape. And it might sound so simple that you think it's not worth doing, but I hope that you will try it out. And I can almost promise you that you will notice the difference and you'll probably wonder why you didn't do it sooner. And one more thing about light, definitely remove any and all night lights if at all possible. They're absolutely having a negative impact on your sleep, whether you're ready to accept that or not. All right. So while we're talking about electronics, here's another step in sleep hygiene. Um, Another great reason to remove those electronics from the bedroom is the noise that they make. 
you're probably so used to it that you don't even notice it. But have you ever had your power go out and then suddenly there's like this dead silence in the house? That's because all of the humming and ringing and whirring and buzzing of all of the electricity in the air. Also, have you ever noticed that you can sense if a TV is on in another room, whether you really knew it or not, because there you can there are signals in the air and those are um, all contributing to EMFs or electromagnetic frequencies. This is a type of air pollution. A few years ago, I would have blown this off. But when I was at the worst of my autoimmune disease, I became sensitive to it for a period of time, which proved to me how real it is. And that's yet another example that I want where I want you to learn from my mistakes. And there are more recent studies being proven all the time about how detrimental EMF exposure is to our health. And how does this contribute to sleep hygiene? Well, if you think you don't notice those sounds at night, your body is still responding to them, even if you're sleeping. And if your body is busy responding to noises, can you guess what's not happening? Your glymphatic system is checked out because there are other things taking priority. and Your body is wondering what that humming noise is coming from the kitchen, but your, the primitive part of your brain is making sure you're not about to get mauled by a tiger, so your brain is still hard at work. Giving proper attention to these little things can truly make you feel like you got more sleep than you actually did. And another thing you can do is unplug your Wi-Fi at night. Even though you can't physically feel Wi-Fi signals, they are there. And they're going through your body all, all, all the time. You're likely exposed to countless numbers of Wi-Fi signals throughout the day. So if you can take one small step for your health in this aspect, it's getting into the habit of unplugging your Wi-Fi at night, or you could even set it on a timer if you get one of those timers for your outlet. That way you're exposed to fewer EMFs. But again, if you get the timer, there's still something plugged in. So it's not that hard to just unplug it and plug it back in in the morning. Now, one last and very effective thing you can do to improve your sleep hygiene, and this might be the hardest, but I want you to at least be aware of this, that is to get out and be in the daylight as soon as possible after you wake up each morning, preferably without glasses or contacts so that the sunlight can do its magic on your eyes and your body can get the full benefit of that sunlight exposure. Um, morning sunlight has a bigger effect on sleep than almost any other variable. In the morning, if we get bright light exposure, our brain turns on a timer that essentially is saying something like, okay, 14 hours after this, it's going to be time to sleep. And then you'll be ready to have a good deep sleep with a refreshing sleep cycle after you start the process with daylight. And the magic amount for this exposure seems to be about half an hour of exposure within an hour of waking up. Just being outside, even if it's overcast, there's still a lot of effective light intensity to have positive benefits for your body. And one pitfall is if you live in an area where you just um, can't simply can't do that, then you could also get a light box. And I will have a link in the show notes to all of my Amazon recommendations for different things to help optimize sleep quality. Or if you just want the URL, it's amazon.com slash shop slash fit And one last thing, 
Don't underestimate the benefits of weighted blankets, sleep masks, and aromatherapy that can all help you improve the quality of your sleep. So start with those small steps, slowly improve from there. And if you try these out, I'd love to hear about it. Connect with me on social media, or you can always email me. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you learned something useful about the importance of sleep hygiene. And until next time, breathe, stay strong, and always celebrate victory. Celebrate victory.